welcome back to another episode of Truly Twinning. We are so excited to be here, and I'm going to let Sam introduce our guest for today. Yeah, so this month we have an awesome guest named Selena, um, who is another entrepreneur herself, and we got introduced to her by being fans of her podcast and her being fans of ours. So really exciting to have a fellow fan on the show today today and get to talk to her a little bit more about her business recloseted and how she got there and you know all of her tips and tricks and then she has a little um discussion to walk through with us about how to future proof your business with sustainable best practices so we're super excited for her to share her expertise so selena i'll let you share a little bit more about yourself Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Genuine fan of your podcast and just really excited to connect with your community. And for folks that don't know me, I'm Selena. So nice to meet you. I am the founder and the CEO of Recloseted, and we are the first one-stop sustainable fashion consulting agency. So we help sustainable fashion brands. That's kind of the niche we concentrate in, but I'm happy to talk about sustainability in general today and also potentially give any tips for folks that want to become more conscious with their clothing, because I know that's been really topical and people sometimes struggle with that. So yeah, happy to add as much value as possible to your community. Thank you so much. And sustainability is like a huge talking point in the travel business in so many sectors of travel. And obviously, Sam and I also run a travel agency together. So I think what you're talking about today is just so relevant to the business and like even our industry. So yeah, totally. And I think that there's been a lot of greenwashing in all industries across the board. So happy to chat a little bit about that too, because I know sometimes when folks are first going into sustainability, especially from a business perspective, they're worried about doing it wrong. They're worried about backlash. So we can definitely talk about that too. Oh, great. Yeah. I think the word like sustainable is, you know, can be overused or people can say, you know, we're sustainable for XYZ reasons. And it's, you know, they're just like, a band-aid fix for maybe, but they aren't really doing all the things you have to do to actually be sustainable. So would love to hear a little bit about your perspective as you dive into the topic that you have planned, but a little bit about like your definition of that and the standards behind it. Cause I think it's, it's popping up everywhere, but I'm not sure everyone's really abiding by the true rules. And it, there's a lot of buzzwords around it. So I, I'm excited just to be more educated as well. Yeah. I mean, off the bat, I like to say that sustainability has so much pressure associated with it now, because when you say you're sustainable, there's now all these expectations on you and your business. And so I like to say off the bat that I don't think there's a truly sustainable business out there, because if you wanted to be truly sustainable in the purest essence of the word, you wouldn't even be in business because being in business, you're going to have carbon emissions, you're going to have pollution, like there's all these things. And so the name of the game for me is really balance. So how can you balance, you know, bringing in revenue to your business, being profitable, hiring a team member and like being able to operate your business while still not having too bad of an impact on the environment and figuring out what that looks like. So to me, it's really a balancing act around how it can all work um, for every single party involved. And hopefully upon hearing that, that can ease some of the pressure of your listeners because there is the standard to be perfect. And I really don't think perfection exists in sustainability. Yeah, it's interesting. 
Okay. Well, Selena, why don't you dive in a little bit more about future proofing um, your business and how our listeners can go about doing that in a sustainable way? Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to try to keep it more general so that it's more applicable for different industries and different audiences. But um, the first thing I wanted to just say is why it's important, just if people are hesitant around it. And in regards to future proofing, like, first of all, there's so many people out there now that care about this from a consumer perspective. So if you want your brand to be relevant in 5, 10, 15 years, like this is really, really crucial from a customer perspective. And then also from a regulation perspective, there's so many things coming down the pipe in every single industry. So if you don't get ahead of it now and you don't figure out what's going on, then I really think that it's going to put you at a disadvantage. So just from that perspective, I think it's really in everyone's best interest to try to incorporate some sort of sustainability so that you can future-proof your brand. And so now that we've gotten that out of the way, the next question is, okay, like how do we start? How do we actually do this? Right. And the first thing I always tell our clients and people we work with is to pick your priorities and really figure out why you're doing it, because it's going to take years to actually have it come to fruition. And so throughout that entire duration, you really need to make sure that you can stay determined, you can stay on track. And so figuring out intrinsically why you want to do it is really important. So is it because you, for example, uh, have learned how much waste we're sending to the landfills and that really, really devastates you. And so you want to do something about the waste issue. Or is carbon emissions and climate change in general and the ice caps really making you feel depressed and like you want to crawl up into a hole and die? Like if that's what you really, really resonate with, then really figure that out and make sure you communicate that with your team members so everyone's aboard and knows what the vision is. Um, And then after you know your why, it's just picking your priorities because there's so many things wrong with the world. There's so many things in sustainability. So really making sure that you pick and choose your battles, especially when you first start out, is really important. Um, And when I say that, people tend to say, okay, but does that mean I'm not doing everything I could be doing? And does that mean I'm not going to be doing the bare minimum for other things? And that's not really the case. It's more so choosing, okay, is not using plastics in your business going to be really important? And that's what you're going to go after. Or is it trying to eliminate carbon emissions as much as possible? Or is it trying to figure out how to pay everyone in your supply chain or in your company, like above minimum wage, a living wage? Like, what is it that's really, really important to you? And pick one to two. Because if a lot of your listeners are small businesses, or even if they're medium-sized, you have limited budgets, you have limited time, and you have limited manpower and women power. So it's really important to be selective with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's from a strategy perspective, what we generally recommend. And I can kind of go into the weeds a little bit more, but just want to take a pause and see if you had any questions. Yeah, I think, it. you know, you your three examples are really good because it shows how broad sustainability is. And so are those like, three common examples that you typically talk about or are there like uh, like titles of when you're introducing someone to sustainability so that you coach someone on like what is their passion within this huge sector you know yeah I mean it definitely varies by industry but I would say as a whole we definitely want to be looking at carbon emissions. We definitely want to be looking at water usage. 
plastics is also a huge thing and in general just synthetic materials you know because it's just lasting in landfill for so long and then you also of course want to look at text like just the waste um and the textiles industry which is the niche i'm in there's it's like millions and millions of tons of textile waste. And I was just actually talking to someone in the furniture space last week, and they were also saying it's the same thing. Like there's so many sofas, TVs, all this stuff that's perfectly fine, just rotting in our landfills. So waste is also a really big thing for every single industry. And then of course, just the social aspect too with workers in general and just labor rights and labor laws. I think that's also something that's applicable across the board. That I think that's probably our our passion as people who travel and you know we work with travel consultants and seeing different cultures and people around the world that's something that really strikes me being in the business that we're in that's top of mind just for me personally but the plastic in hotels that's certainly something that the business needs to get better at so many hotels still give you three bottles of water and yeah well, I think the same thing for real estate too, Kat, because yeah. Kat and I are both work as real estate brokers and, you know, even like building materials or just what people are using inside their homes or like when you're hosting an open house, like having bottles of water probably isn't the most yeah. uh, sustainable yeah. thing. So um, it, I'm sure it can be applied in any industry. It's just there's probably different aspects that do and don't. Yeah. And it's picking like what's really going to call to you the most, right? And for me, I love traveling as well, but I always feel so bad taking flights because I know how how much of a carbon footprint I'm doing. So then trying to do things like take trains whenever possible or also doing carbon offsetting by planting trees when I can, like things like that. Um And the one thing too, while we're speaking on greenwashing, I'll go on a little rant if that's okay. (laughs) There's so many companies nowadays promoting that they're carbon neutral or carbon negative. And how they're doing that is they're trying to basically say that they've calculated all the carbon that their business is consuming or putting out there. And then they're basically trying to plant trees to offset it. But it's not an exact science. And so if anyone's out there doing that, I think it's a good first step, but please do not label your brand as being carbon negative ever. And then also, you know, carbon neutrals is kind of, you you have to kind of work with someone and really make sure you have the data to back it up, but just a random tangent. Hope that's okay. (laughs) No, it makes sense. I mean, it goes back to, to what I was saying before. I think a lot of people label or talk about you know the word sustainable but they don't you know they're maybe not always backing it up with like actual actions and so I like what you're talking about how you should pick something that you feel really strongly about because that's something you're likely going to stick with and you can't be sustainable in like everything you do it's kind of I mean it's a great goal but it's never probably possible well it's not realistic for small businesses yeah you start small with something you really care about and it will feel authentic, which is, you know, the biggest thing for messaging being a small business for sure. Yeah, totally. And so once you've kind of chosen what you want to do, I think then the first step is to assess where you're at. So you figure out what your current impact is, what the benchmark is, and then you can start to set targets. And so you can either do that internally or you can hire a consultant about what the industry is doing, but you want to make sure it's competitive in the industry and you also want to make sure it's realistic. 
that's key because I've seen so many people put out like 20, 30, 20, 50 goals. And it's just so ambitious. And I think in the back of everyone's mind, they're like, are you actually going to do that? Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't serve anyone just to put these big flashy, pretty PDFs out there that you're not actually going to accomplish. So it's really important to make it realistic and also ambitious and then start to build a roadmap to get there. And so do you, so I know, so you support companies in being more sustainable. So can you, do you have like a marketplace or a resource that we can share with our, our followers with like where they can shop, like let's say for traveling or for going places or for like everyday, like jewelry, clothes, shoes that they need. Do you have something like that available? That would be so cool. Yeah, we're actually going to put up a database on our website. Uh, it'll be happening soon, but it'll just basically be our clients that we work with. So if folks want to support some amazing brands, we'll have that on our website soon. Um, but in the meantime, too, if folks don't necessarily have budget to always be buying new, which is totally fine, I always recommend thrifting as well. Like thrifting is amazing because you're diverting from landfill and you're finding things that are unique. And then also just doing like a really fun swap with friends too. Like if there's things that you have in your wardrobe that you're no longer wearing or, you know, you like your friend's dress, but she's not wearing it, you can swap and exchange things. And that's a really no cost way to divert from landfill as well. Right. Really cool. Yeah. Getting with all these ideas. <laughs> Yeah. And then in terms of, I guess, if we go one step further, like after the report as well and into implementing too, I know throughout that entire stage, it's just making sure that the team is just continuously motivated and knows what they're doing. I think that's really important because you can set up the strategy and be super, super excited about it, but you just want to make sure it doesn't fizzle out and die. It has to continue to live on. And then in terms of communication too, I know a lot of folks sometimes are hesitant around how they can do that because it's kind of a bit of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And you have to, again, we kind of go back to what I was first saying about you almost have to be perfectly sustainable. And a lot of brands and businesses feels like they need to do that in order to talk about it. But in my opinion, and in our client's experience, if you're just super authentic and transparent around your journey, people actually appreciate that a lot more because I really do feel like the average consumer is waking up to the fact that no one's perfect and there's always some stuff going on. So if you can just share like, hey, these are our priorities. This is why we've chosen what we've chosen. So in your case, if it's plastic or if it's really making sure that your, uh, your workers are being taken care of, then just say that these are your priorities this is what you're hoping to accomplish this year. This is what you're hoping to accomplish next year and in five years. And then with that roadmap, I also find that a lot of our clients' customers then feel like they want to support them financially and from just like a word of mouth perspective as well, because they generally want to see these goals be accomplished. So you almost involve your customer in the behind the scenes, which is always amazing. And so just be as transparent as possible. And I don't think that you would get backlash so long as you're sticking to your values, you know who you are and you're being authentic to what your brand is doing and you can really just share data and share your progress. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And what do you think the timeline is from from someone like identifying what they want to go after to being able, like what? how long do you think it will take the process you just walked through? Because I know, you know, for like a business like, what Kat and I own in the travel space, like it's just the two of us really. Like we have a behind the scenes team, but they're not 
our employees. So it, some of it might be faster for a business of like one or two people because you don't have a team of people that you're trickling messaging to. So just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it really depends. I like to think of it as hours of work. So either you and Kat are going to be spending those hours of work or you can hire like a consulting team to do it for you. Um, But all in all, like generally your strategy, you want to give it time. And if you're DIYing it and you don't have that much knowledge, like I'd probably say you want to spend about like 30 to 50 hours to really making sure like you're doing the proper research and you know what you're doing, what you're saying. That being said, if you're working with someone like that can be cut down drastically, of course. And so it's really about your bandwidth when you can dedicate those hours. And when we work with clients, we usually go from inception all the way to first report, if you will, where we kind of talk about what they're going to do in about like six to nine months, depending on the size of the business. So that's just a rough estimate. But again, it depends on how much time they can spend with us when we can do our meetings and stuff like that. But just a rough ballpark. Yeah. And what's the ballpark cost for a consultant, just so our listeners can understand what kind of investment they might need to make if they don't have the time to take or the expertise to do it themselves? Yeah, this can also range as well, depending on the amount of work, because a lot of the times, if you don't have that much data, then they don't have to spend as many hours analyzing things. Um, But then at the same time, if you don't have that data and they need to spend hours and hours like digging through, asking people that can add up. So typically in the consulting space, it is hours based. So it's really just around getting a quote around how many hours the project will take, what the scope looks like, and then just what their rates are. Um, And typically we're I it really depends on what people are charging, but I'd say probably around like 10 to 15 to 20 grand, depending on the size of the scope and the project. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But again, depends on the amount of hours, honestly. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Really interesting. Sam, do you have any other questions? I just, I, is there anything else in the process, Lena, that you wanted to talk about that you haven't touched on? Because I just have random other questions. <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's it's quite high level. I wanted to keep it general because, again, like I could get super tactical with fashion, but I wanted to make sure it was realistic and helpful to everyone. But yeah. I guess the last thing is just that it's a journey. Just know that you're not going to get there overnight. It is going to take time and that's okay if it has to take a few months or it's not moving as quickly as you think. It just, it really is a journey. So just be patient and know that you're doing the right thing. Awesome. And I just, I just have a few random questions because I feel like a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and they might be looking for ways maybe not to implement sustainability into their business because it might be too much of an undertaking for the phases that they're in but you know what are some brands or stores that you recommend people could support to be more sustainable in their day-to-day life like is there a particular you know like workwear brand or athleisure brand that you think is doing well with that or like at-home cleaning products or anything like that that you feel like you could send people to or maybe it's some of your clients but Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's so important to support local businesses as much as possible because they're really the ones in your area trying to support other 
like other people that live in your area as well. So in fashion, like a lot of our local brands support local production, so local garment workers, local mills, things like that. And so whenever possible, if you can just do like a quick Google search and ask around and try to figure out what those brands look like, I would highly recommend you vote with your dollars and support them because it just goes back to your local economy as well, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then selfishly, I would love to plug some of our clients. And again, we're (laughs) going to try to get our directory up soon, but Firebird is an amazing brand based out of Montreal. She's a client that upcycles men's blazers into really cute two-piece sets for females. So that's really, really cool. Um, Another one of our former clients, they're called Adira. They're a gorgeous silk brand, very great pieces as well. Um, We also have an Australian brand. It's called Style L Swim. And so for anyone looking for cute swimwear, because I know that a lot of your listeners might be into traveling, it's they were one of the first to do biodegradable swimwear ever in Australia. And so uh, the one thing, though, is that it's not going to biodegrade when you're in the water. You don't have to worry about that. It's going to happen like years and years and years later. So <laughs> that's like the number one thing her customers ask her, actually, if, like, you know, like, am I going to come out of the ocean and my bathing suit's just gone? So no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I would hope people aren't paying for, you know, one wear bathing suits. Yeah. <laughs> possible. <laughs> Selena, so if you're on if you're on our website, we actually support threads worldwide. I don't know if you've heard of threads or if that sounds familiar to you. Yeah, they sound familiar. Let me just quickly look. Yeah, it's um if you go to our website, you'll see Empower Women Worldwide. And so what Threads mission is, is they have there are co-ops in several, you know, third world countries around the world. And women are being able to have employment and income to make all of this jewelry. That's their fair trade. Yeah, really. And some of the stories with the jewelry and what they're making the jewelry out of and the personal stories of some of these women is so incredible. It like made me emotional when we were on that call just listening to the fact that this co-op was developed and it gave this woman I don't remember her name but like a source of income entrepreneurship it was something that would have never been exposed to her it was just so amazing it puts things in perspective it just is a good reminder of everything you have but we really feel strongly about that I think that's why when you mentioned the social aspect of sustainability is where it caught my attention yeah that's so beautiful thanks for sharing that's amazing yeah yeah that sounds great and again it just goes back to why you want to really support these local small conscious businesses because they actually are doing a lot of amazing things in your area and it's so much better to give them the money and the funding versus just some brand at the mall you know like what are those people doing they're actually probably exploiting these types of people so really try to vote with your dollars like I'm saying No, that makes sense. And I don't know if you'd be able to answer this, but I feel like the word, you know, the word sustainability, the words fair trade are thrown around a lot. Like what would be your definition of those or how would you describe how they're similar, how they're different? Yeah, this is actually the bane of my existence because (laughs) I'm kind of splitting my time right now between North America and Europe. And in Europe, things are just so different. And I really wish that more of the world was like that. Like when you make a claim to be sustainable, especially with food, 
it's legally regulated. And I don't understand why that's not the case in other areas of the world too, because yes, I get it for food that needs to be regulated, but even for skincare and for makeup, it's not regulated either. And for clothes, we wear it for hours and hours every single day. So if you have really sensitive skin and you don't do well with polyester, like I think you should be aware of that as a consumer, you know? So anyways, that's my rant, but I really think that some of the regulation is coming down, like I kind of alluded to earlier. So that's exciting, but it's really just a matter of how quickly it can get implemented and what it looks like. Um, but for me, sustainability, I kind of mentioned this already, but just around balance, like how can you still have a business? How can you still make it profitable? How can you still make money, but then at the same time, support the right people, pay them a fair wage, and also make sure you have a minimal environmental impact. And I know that's a tall order, but that's kind of the dance that I find is really fun and kind of the game of entrepreneurship. So really around that piece. And for fair trade, for me, it just literally means making everything fair for every single person involved. Like, is it fair for you as a business? Is it fair for the person that's actually potentially going out and sourcing the coffee beans or sourcing whatever the materials are, like whatever it is, like, is it fair for every single person involved? And I know the word fair is subjective, but there is a lot of gray area here and you really need to put in the work to understand everyone's situation in your supply chain and everyone that you're working with what they're going through, how you can best support them and how you can, with your business, try to uplift people and empower them. Yeah. Makes sense. No, that was super helpful. Yeah. It's a good question because it is a lot of, a lot of buzzwords out there. Exactly. And I just think people throw them around like kind of aimlessly and it is interesting. Like you said that in other parts of the world, it's more regulated and there's, you know, certain things that you have to meet and, it's interesting that, you know, here in the US, for instance, there is a lot of regulation in other ways, but not that. And I think it allows people to market themselves in a way that is not always true. Yeah. And it's just, that's why greenwashing has become so rampant, which is just brands flashing that they're green or conscious or eco, and they don't really have to prove it at all and then from a customer perspective when you're going and shopping it's just so confusing because you may think you're supporting a conscious or eco brand but you've actually just been greenwashed so it's not great interesting yeah do you have any other questions Kat no this was so helpful thank you (laughs) of course yeah I'm glad I could be help of help and I hope that this has sparked some curiosity around sustainability and some of your listeners yeah us too and then Selena just before we conclude and let you go is there any offerings or anything with your business um, that you want to share with our listeners Yeah. So if people want to learn more, I also have a podcast as well. It's called Recloseted Radio. So they can definitely check out. I go more in depth on a lot of these topics so you can learn more. Uh, I also just started a YouTube channel. So if you want to take the learnings to the next level, we're just Recloseted Consulting on YouTube and at Recloseted on all social media platforms. Um, And if anyone listening wants to start a sustainable fashion brand, I'm doing a free launch masterclass at the end of September. So they can just sign up at recloseted.com slash masterclass. But I'm going to be talking about how to find designers, how to source materials, manufacturers, all those different things. So yeah, check it out. And always happy to chat with people too. So feel free to DM us on Instagram or whatever, whatever platform is best for you. Great. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope that this was helpful for folks.
was. It was. Thanks, thanks again. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.